John Scholes here. Joining me, Alex Lucifero, the employment lawyer from employmentlawyer.ca. You want to reach out to uh, Alex anytime we're uh, doing the show here for the next half hour. Do so. Call into the station. Ask your questions. There are no dumb questions, but there are answers. 416-870-6400 is how you go about doing that. Uh, beyond that, you can email help at employmentlawyer.ca. I'll give you some more contact through uh, information throughout the show. The topic of the day in just a bit is going to be how to preserve your workplace rights. Important stuff, as always. So feel free to call in anytime and uh, ask your questions. Beyond that, we'll get to a couple emails if we have time. And we always start off, though, with the case of the day, pal. What do you got going on? Hey, Johnny. Thanks very much. Happy Monday evening to you. Great to be here. Uh, as we are every Monday talking employment law, talking workplace rights for employees and for employers as well, uh, talking severance, you name it. Uh, we're here to take your calls and take questions, John, as you said, and we're live on the air until 7, so feel free to call in. It's been a, a busy start to the week, uh, John. I spoke to a couple of uh, people uh, not only being let go from their jobs, certainly you know, most of the conversations we have revolve around severance, but, you know, really people contact us, John, or email us uh, about all sorts of workplace situations, mm -hmm. wanting to know if uh, what their employer is doing is legal, what they can do about it, what options they have. And listen, we encourage people to contact us, seek out that help, seek out the information and the advice that you need from an experienced professional. However you want to go get a hold of us, the more information and knowledge you have as an employee, the more protected and prepared you're going to be to deal with any kind of workplace issue. You know, we say this all the time, John, your job is where you're, you spend the majority of your time. Uh, it's so extremely important. If you're having problems at work or if you've been let go from your job, you need help in a situation like that. You need professional advice from an employment lawyer. Speaking to your neighbor or your brother or your sister or a family member or a friend is not going to help and you need expert advice. And certainly, if you've lost your job and we're seeing still lots of large restructurings and terminations, uh, John, if you've lost your job, it's an extremely serious matter. You have to make sure uh, that what you are being paid by your employer, your severance entitlements are fair. They accurately reflect what you're actually owed. Chances are, if you're an employee who's being let go from their job, uh, you haven't been made a good severance offer. And that is what my case of the day today, John, is all about. Uh, so I'll get right into it. Mm -hmm. Spoke to a very nice gentleman this afternoon, uh, 60 years of age. Quite impressively, John, he had been with his employer for 28 years. This included a change in ownership of the company. So about 15 years ago, the company changed hands. He survived uh, that change in ownership, continued his employment up until just the other week. I think March 20th was the date, so about a week ago now, he was sat down for a meeting and told he's being let go from his job. They're restructuring the department. Uh, they slid across the desk uh, a couple of documents, including a termination letter, and he was made a severance offer and told, you know, think about it, get back to us. Uh, you know, if you're prepared to accept it, just sign off and, and we'll take it from there. And so he contacted us, uh, John, as thousands and thousands of people do each and every week, wanting to know whether the company's offer was fair. Right. So let me give you the broad strokes here, uh, John. This gentleman, as I mentioned, was 60 years of age, had been with his employer for 28 years, long service employee, and he was in a technical position. So this, he was working for a tech company. Uh, he wasn't uh, necessarily a software engineer or a computer programmer. Uh, he was a lower level em employee, but still a kind of technical, a technical role required a high degree of skill and, and expertise 
in what he was doing, and he was offered, John, 12 months of pay. So 12 months for a 60-year-old employee with 28 years of service, and you're exactly right. The easy, quick answer, and, and, you know, as you very well know, John, you may as well be an employment lawyer yourself. (laughs) uh, By by now, you've been doing this show for so many years. As our longtime listeners will know, you know, listen, it's a year severance. It's not an insignificant amount of money, don't get me wrong, but for a 28-year service employee, that is likely half of what this gentleman is owed. John, because of his years of service, because of his age, he is likely looking at a 24-month severance period that's two years of pay. And so as attractive as a year's pay might look on paper to an employee, and it's a, it was a big number, mm-hmm. uh, John, this gentleman made, made quite a good salary. Uh, it's literally 50 cents on the dollar of what he is actually owed. Funnily enough, John, and I mean, not only is this enough to make the case of the day, funnily enough, this individual actually wasn't even that worried about the severance offer. Uh, it wasn't the 12 months of severance that was worrying him. He was worried about the fact that the company did not offer benefits coverage for 12 months period uh. and RSP contributions for a 12 month period. He actually had a medical condition that didn't stop him from working, but uh, was uh, required quite an expensive right. uh, prescription medication every month. And so he was really worried about the benefits. And I told him and I reassured him, listen, not only will your benefits continue for at least a year, they should be continuing for at least two years because that is what your severance entitlements actually are. So long story short, uh, uh, John, uh, you, you know, I, I use this as my case of the day uh, for really two main reasons. Number one, uh, this is a common situation. Uh, John, I don't say this because it, it, you know, it's it's this rare occurrence. Employees get offered fifty cents on the dollar when it comes to their severance every single day, and that's not an exaggeration. I kid you not. We see it on a daily basis, and that's kind of point number one I want to relay. Point number two, and the the silver lining to all of this may very well be: this is not a complicated matter. This guy's severance entitlements are very straightforward, very easy. We're going to be uh, helping him get the proper severance that he's owed. It's not going to be this long, drawn-out legal battle. It's likely going to be a bit of a negotiation going back and forth with the employer, and we'll get him the proper severance uh, he's owed. And so we'll work with him over the next couple of weeks to do that. And uh, exactly why you uh, call into the show and contact Alex as well when the show is done to make sure you're getting uh, done right. Because, yeah, to the layperson, that seems like, wow, a year's pay. That's fantastic. No, no. Would have been double that. So there you go. Good on that uh, that gentleman for uh, for contacting and going forward with that one. We're going to get into our show here very shortly. We're just going to take a little break and come right back as we continue the Monday night edition Employment Law Show. Hang on. Alex Lucifero is your guy reaching out uh, beyond the show to Alex. Always uh, encouraged to do so. You want to have a lengthier chat and discuss a matter probably of uh, personal importance for yourself or maybe a colleague at work or a family member for sure. one 821 5,900 is how you do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. You also have the website, which is uh, built just for you to get smarter and learn more anytime on your own time. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But again, 416-872-870-6400 is how you call into the station right now. Okay, buddy, let's go. How to preserve your workplace rights. Key information number one, don't quit. All right, don't quit unless it's completely voluntary. Break that down for me. Yeah, absolutely, uh, John. So, you know, this this speaks to uh, an issue in employment law that we call constructive dismissal. A constructive dismissal is effectively a termination 
by an employer's actions rather than their words. So rather than being kind of at and out terminated and you know, sat down for a termination meeting and being mm-hmm. told you're being let go, a constructive dismissal occurs when through an employee's actions, they're effectively kind of breaching the employment contract. And what many employees will do in that kind of situation, uh, when they're dealing with a difficult work environment or when they're dealing with a change to the terms of their employment, is they'll oftentimes say, you know what, I don't like what's happening here. I don't like what my employer is doing. I'm just going to quit and kind of move on. And, you know, you could think of that, John, as really not, uh, you know, not a voluntary resignation. Those employees, whether they're dealing with maybe uh, you know, bullying or harassment in the workplace, yeah. right? That could be one example. Or they're dealing with maybe a change to the terms of their employment. Maybe they're being temporarily laid off, for example. In those kinds of situations, when an employee is quitting in response, they're really kind of quitting under protest, right? They're quitting because they don't like what's happening at their workplace. And in a lot of those situations, John, when you feel like you're quitting under protest, again, in response to these actions by an employer, it's really oftentimes a constructive dismissal. It's really the employer that is initiated, that has kind of forced this employee, given this employee no choice but to quit, but to resign their That's not really a voluntary resignation, right? A voluntary resignation is when, you know, for example, you're working at a company and you see a better opportunity out there and you apply and you interview and you get a better job offer, you resign, uh, right to take that better job offer. That's very obviously voluntary. A lot of ter- resignations that we see are these forced resignations where, again, because of an employer's actions, the employee feels like they have no choice but to resign their employment. In those situations, if it's not completely voluntary, if you feel like you're being forced to quit, you may very well be owed severance. Again, it may very well be what we call a constructive dismissal, in which case you can be owed severance despite the fact that you're resigning your employment. Well, you've often said on the show in the past, Alex, that you know a resignation is something done voluntarily and unilaterally. Only you can pull the plug in your employment, and you say so. Other than that, yeah, you're, you're likely being fired if you get the old, you know, I'll expect your resignation Friday you know, on my desk by 4 o'clock. That's not a resignation. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we, you know, we see those situations time to time where, you know, an employer will put an employee between a rock and a hard place, right? They'll say, either you accept this change, right? You accept this position change or this reduction in your pay, or we'll consider you to have resigned your employment. Mm -hmm. It's just utter, utter nonsense. Uh, John, no employee should be forced into that kind of situation. Again, that's a constructive dismissal, in which case the employee is going to be owed severance. And as we saw with the case of the day, John, if you're a long service employee, you could be owed significant amounts of severance, mm-hmm. you know, as much as two years of pay. Even if you're a short term employee, for that matter, you're still going to be owed several months. Again, 416 870 6400. This raises any questions for you. Bring them on air now immediately. That's the time to do it. Why wait? Give us a call and uh, we'll cont- continue that, uh, that conversation again. How to preserve your workplace rights. Number two, don't, you know, take one for the team at your expense. That's including layoffs, right? Absolutely. Taking one for the team, uh, John, is typically the wrong decision as much as it right, might feel right in the moment and as much as uh, I think you know, most, if not the vast majority of employees out there, John, want to be viewed and they want to feel like they're being team players, right? And then that's what taking one for the team kind of speaks to. You want to feel as though you're helping out the common cause. Unfortunately, 
John, and then this again kind of speaks to constructive dismissal situations. A lot of times, taking one for the team means accepting a negative change to the terms of your employment. Taking, you know, taking one for the team, for example, you mentioned, you know, one example can be uh, a temporary layoff situation. You know, your employer or your boss comes to you and says, listen, we're struggling, we're out of work, or we're, we're not doing so well. You know, we need to temporarily lay you off for a couple of weeks, you know, just to save on that salary. As soon as we get more work, we'll call you back to work. Well, that might sound, right, to a team player like the right thing to do for the employer, the right thing to do for the business. But unfortunately, what you're doing in that situation as an employee is you're giving your employer then the power, the ability, the right to temporarily lay you off, not only just now for this one time that might be a few weeks, but again in the future and again next month and again next year and again two years from now, you're giving them that inherent right to temporarily lay you off when in fact an employer doesn't have the right to temporarily lay uh, you off. That's not an automatic right that any employer has you as an employee have the right to refuse that temporary layoff and treat it as a termination again treat it as a constructive dismissal in which case you'd be owed severance we could think of a hundred different other examples john quite frankly of taking one for the team uh that that would ultimately lead to a negative situation for that employee taking a reduction in pay is another example of that changing a you know changing your job responsibilities or your duties right uh, accepting a demotion because yeah. somehow the business requires it is another example where you might feel that desire to just accept those terms to help out your employer, help out the company, or just to kind of just to save your job, really. But it could be the wrong move in the vast majority of cases. Uh, it's better, oftentimes, if not always, to treat those situations as a termination, as a constructive dismissal, get your severance entitlements, and get moving on to an employer. Uh, John, that's going to have a little bit more respect for your rights as an employee, and that's going to treat you a little bit better than just forcing you to take one for the team, you know, uh, basically by paying for it yourself. And in all those examples you just laid out, Alex, I mean, time is of the essence with those. If you, if you, if you linger too long or it happens once and then goes back to normal, happens again, you can't pull the trigger and get out of it anyway, can you? you you've been deemed to accept it. It's such a great point, uh, John. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that you've obviously been uh, paying attention in your employment law, <laughs> employment law classes. Uh, uh, you're absolutely right. Whenever a change, a major change to the terms of your employment presents itself, again, this could be a temporary layoff. This could be a change to your position. It could be a change to your pay. You don't want too much time to pass before saying something about it. The more time passes, even in silence, right, even without explicitly having accepted that change if you just put your head down and continue working and not and don't say anything about the change you may be deemed to have accepted the change implicitly so as yeah. soon as that change happens i mean the very first thing you should do uh, john is speak to an employment lawyer about it right give us a call let's have a chat in confidence talk about your options talk about what your best option uh, is but if you let months and months and months pass before a change you know after a change is implemented you could be putting your severance entitlements in jeopardy and you can also be putting your ability to dispute that change in jeopardy as well 
But it, I mean, it, it can often be the case, especially somebody who's a a long service employee. B they really like their job, they like their colleagues or coworkers, maybe the boss. They want to be that team player, and they thought, oh, maybe I can handle this. Maybe I can take it out for a spin, see if it works for me. But you got to safeguard yourself in that regard too, right? You should give written notice that you know I'm willing to try this sucker for a little while, but if it's not happening for me, this isn't going to stick, right? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair comment, uh, uh, John. Listen, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that kind of approach in every mm-hmm. uh, situation. I think actually in a lot of situations, it's pretty darn clear from the get-go uh, you know, what the situation in, uh, you know, uh, calls for and, and ultimately the decision that that employee uh, has to make. I mean, I'll give you an example that, that, uh, that's pretty recent as far as a case I handled. I had an employee whose employer came to him and with two days notice, John told him he'd have to accept a 35% reduction in his pay. Right, A third of his pay was just being (laughs) written off uh, with two days' notice. You know, there's no no waiting around and trying it out in a scenario like that, right? That gentleman, quite smartly, he was a listener of the show, if I remember correctly, was on the phone to us immediately, and we got his matter sorted out actually very quickly. Um, I can, you know, I can see... Your uh, your comment about you know trying to maybe try out the changes and see how it goes with respect to maybe a change in job responsibilities, right? So we're not talking necessarily even about a demotion or a big change to your you know your position, your title, but where maybe your employer is changing some res- responsibilities, maybe taking away some, giving you others. I have no problems in a situation like that mm-hmm. with an employee telling their employer. You know what? I'm not too. I'm not terribly comfortable with this, but I'm going to try it out for you know for a little while and see how it goes. You know, I I, I reserve the right uh, really to have further discussions or to take issue with this. I think that's reasonable. In any other case, I think it's going to be obvious from the get-go that you know uh, a temporary layoff, a change in your compensation, you've got to deal with those immediately. There's no trying those on for size. Yeah, the thirty-five percent decrease. I mean, they flip that table around and say, "Hey, guess what, employer? In two days, you're going to start paying me thirty-five percent more." Good luck with that one. They'll show you the exactly. door immediately, right? That's not going to happen if you want a little perspective in that regard. But we were talking about how to preserve your workplace rights. You still got a few minutes, by the way, to uh, give us a call. You got some time four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Don't forget about your employer when you're on a medical leave. I mean, what kind of timeline are you thinking? If you're gone for more than a couple of weeks or a month or so, you got to you got to check in and keep them abreast of the situation. Yeah? You absolutely do. And that's the point here, uh, John, which is when you're on a medical uh, leave of absence, you do have an obligation, uh, right? It, it doesn't certainly doesn't have to be done you know, on a weekly basis or even maybe on a monthly basis. But, you know, within a reasonable time frame, you have to keep your employer informed about your prognosis. That's not to, know, not to say that your employer needs to know what kind of treatment you're receiving, what kind of illness you have. They don't have a right to access any of that kind of information, but they have to have a general sense of what the timeline is. And I would say, John, it really depends on the kind of issue that you're dealing with. If you know you're dealing with a very serious medical issue where you're going to be uh, on a medical leave of absence for a prolonged period of time, listen, maybe keeping an employer kind of up-to-date and informed on your prognosis every six months might be reasonable, right? That could be a reasonable timeline if you're dealing with someone who might be, you know, out of work for, you know, for years potentially. Yeah. Um, if you're dealing with a surgery that's perhaps short term, maybe you're going to be away for, you know, four to eight weeks or, or, you know, two to three months, something like that, you know, even two notes, you know, maybe a note every, uh, you know, every month and a half, every two months might, uh, might do it. Two months, uh, two notes in total might do the trick. It's really a question of making sure 
that you don't as an employee on medical leave disappear into thin air. Your employer does have the right to have a doctor's note confirming that you're on a medical leave of absence and they have the right to ask, generally speaking, when they can expect you to return back to work. If your employer is reaching out to you while you're on a medical leave of absence and asking these kinds of questions, again, don't ignore them as an employee. You should make sure that you get a doctor's note from your doctor, uh, give an ETA on your return back to work, or mm -hmm. just give them something. Even if you don't know when you're going to be returning back to work, you know, your doctor's note could be, you know, off on a medical leave for the foreseeable future. And that's what you give to your employer, and that's all that they need. They have to respect the medical leave. They cannot terminate you while you're on a medical leave of absence, at least because you're on a medical leave of absence. And finally, on that uh, topic uh, tonight about how to preserve your workplace rights, Alex, don't file a complaint with you know, the Labor Board or Ministry of Labor or Employment Standards Branch, whatever, whatever town province you're in, it's the same dog, different fleas. You don't want to do that if you lose your job. Go straight to you instead. Leapfrog the Ministry of Labor, right? Absolutely, and probably the most important piece of advice uh, yeah. and information that, that we can give on this show uh, John, which is that a lot of times, and particularly when it comes to an employee's severance entitlements, but also other situ, also other situations, but particularly when it comes to severance, going to the Ministry of Labor is not only the wrong move, uh, John, in that it might cost you a little, it's going to cost you a lot, and it could potentially cost you tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars, and that's because. The Ministry of Labor, and you said it, John, in Ontario, and quite frankly, in any other province in the country for that matter, the Ministry of Labor can only advise an employee on what their minimum severance entitlements are. They cannot advise an employee. They cannot tell them what their full severance entitlements are, and that is what an employee is owed, severance based on their age, their position, and their years of service with the company. The Ministry of Labor will not give you that information. They'll tell you, oh, you're owed eight weeks of pay or you're owed one week of pay for every year of service and that is the wrong advice that is the wrong information John and you know that can make a significant difference on an employee's perception of their severance entitlement so please by by any means and you know certainly give us a call if you have question about severance more than happy to answer your questions and walk you through your situation if you don't like us you can contact another employment lawyer as well by all means but do not contact the Ministry of Labor when it comes to your severance uh, entitlements. You're going to get the wrong information. It's going to end up costing you dearly, dearly. Go to the Ministry of Labor if you have a question about maybe vacation pay. Maybe you have a question about uh, unpaid wages. Overtime, even something, stuff like that. Even yeah. overtime, uh, yeah, uh, John, potentially, maybe. maybe, exactly. But when it comes to severance, absolutely not. It's the wrong way to go. Good stuff, my friend. Well done for another evening. We'll, uh, we'll take it from here and reconvene tomorrow night at 6.30. So return for that trip as well. In the meantime, reach out to Alex, as he always tells you to do, and have that conversation and uh, do the right thing. one 821 5900 the number. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website built for making you that much smarter with your workplace rights. It's free. It's anonymous. You'll also have access to the severance calculator, which does exactly what is told. That is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll be back here tomorrow. Tomorrow's 6.30 in the Employment Law Show. Enjoy your night.